Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Talking Flicks podcast. On this episode, I wanted to talk about who I think the best film director of all time actually is, and in my opinion, it's Martin Scorsese. Now, I'm reading a Martin Scorsese book at the moment, which is really cool. I forget the title of it. All I know is it's about Martin Scorsese, and it's not really a biography. It's more about each of the films he made throughout his professional career, and its ties to his personal life and his family, and it's really interesting that have these interview excerpts with throughout the book of them talking to Martin Scorsese's parents, to Robert De Niro, to all the actors who have worked with Scorsese, to Scorsese himself. Like, it's a really cool book. And it's had me thinking about all of Martin Scorsese's films and reading all of the movies he's done and getting the biographies on them and getting the behind the scenes look into how he made those films, how he came up with them. To me, There's no one better than Martin Scorsese when it comes to film direction and just filmmaking in general. Out of all the cinematographers, all the screenwriters, actors, directors, everyone involved in the Hollywood industry, to me, Martin Scorsese is the GOAT. In my opinion, the Hollywood industry would nowhere near be where it's at if it wasn't for Martin Scorsese. And reading this book honestly just blows my mind because to me, he was always a top five director. He was always kind of the best director of all time in my eyes, but Really reading this book and gaining a knowledge and gaining an understanding into how he operates, how he views cinema, how he views storytelling and art and life as a whole, you really learn a lot about him and it really makes you think like, this guy is the greatest. He has to go down as the greatest. And so in this episode, I wanted to talk about what makes him so good and then at the back end of the episode, get into my top five favorite Martin Scorsese movies. And I hope that this episode can give some insights into why I view him as the best director of all time, give some insights as to what makes a great director and also insights into lessons you can learn from him, I guess. I think we can all learn from Martin Scorsese when it comes to aspiring filmmakers and actors and anyone involved in the film or art medium. You can learn a lot from him. And so I hope that a few of these lessons from Martin Scorsese can carry through and help improve your filmmaking or help improve the way you view whatever job you're doing or just give insight as to what I like to see from cinema and what I like to see from a director. But let's just get straight into it. The reason Martin Scorsese is the best, and there's one reason, is his range of films. If you go through his filmography, and I really went through it this morning and I was thinking, my God, his range is insane. You think of all the movies he's done from Goodfellas to Hugo to uh, Mean Streets to Taxi Driver to Wolf of Wall Street. It's insane. And they're all so different. Like you can't compare Hugo to Wolf of Wall Street and you can't compare Wolf of Wall Street to Goodfellas, and you can't compare Goodfellas to New York, New York. Like, it's insane what he's able to do. And I think his overall range as a filmmaker separates him from everyone else. I think the only one who comes close through range, I would say, would be Steven Spielberg, as he's kind of done a movie in every genre and been, like, nominated for each genre as well. But to me, Martin Scorsese really perfected all the different genres he did. And in a way... 
gave like a Scorsese take on every genre. He didn't necessarily just fit into one genre with all of his movies. He was a genre person for sure, but he bended the genre and gave his take on that genre and his spin. And that's what I really love to see. I love to see someone who can implement their own vision and their own artistry on a genre rather than just work within the direct, you know, constraints of a genre that we've seen time and time again, which is great. If you can do that in the horror genre and do that in the comedy genre or romance, like that's incredible to be able to do that. But what's more incredible is to be able to do a unique spin on every genre that you go into. Like, it's insane what he's able to do. And so for me, just sheer range alone separates him from every other filmmaker who's ever lived, hands down. And the second thing that makes Martin Scorsese so great, and you really get an insight when you read this book about Scorsese, is... The way he views cinema and the way that everything in his movies serves a purpose. Everything is done with intent. It's so intentional. He cares so much about the little nuances. He cares so much about the minutiae. Like, it's insane. He just cares about every little detail. And anything you see in a Scorsese movie is there on purpose. It's there for a direct reason. And there's an actress in the book who they're interviewing her and they ask her what separates Martin Scorsese from other directors. And she said that he just understands that the movie's emotion doesn't just come from the emotions of the actors. It comes from all the technicalities of filmmaking as well. And that's what makes him different. When you look at a movie like Taxi Driver, which is so emotional and so riveting, a lot of that emotion doesn't come from De Niro's performance. Of course, he gives a great performance, but you wouldn't call it a an emotional one, if that makes sense. We've all seen much more emotional performances, much more melodramatic performances, but what separates that film and what makes it so emotional is the fact that Martin Scorsese uses camera work to dictate the emotion. He uses the sound, the cinematography, the lighting, everything works towards the emotion. He's not just trying to I guess, dredge up emotion in his actors. And I think that's where a lot of directors can get lost and especially young ones and especially ones coming into the industry now where you see a lot of emotions coming from the actor and not so much from the camera work, not so much from the mechanical problems of a film. If you can solve those mechanical issues and you can create emotion through the mechanics of a movie, the performance and everything else will take care of itself. I think that's a really good way to look at cinema. It's a very healthy way to look at cinema as well and I think that's what separates Scorsese is when you watch his movies he's relying on everything to work together in this sort of metronome to cause an emotion to to bring out emotions in the audiences he's not just worried on the actor you know to bring up those emotions it reminds me of a quote that Adam Driver says where Adam Driver said it's not my job to feel emotions it's my job to make the audience feel emotions and I think that's so true I think we get caught up so much in all art in trying to be emotional and trying to get our emotion across when at the end of the day, it's about making the audience feel the emotion. It's not about you feeling the emotion because you can feel all the emotion you want, but if the audience feels nothing, then the movie's not good and the performance isn't good. So Scorsese doesn't worry about trying to get across his emotion in a movie. Scorsese doesn't worry about trying to get the actor's emotion across in a film. What he's worried about is how you can technically elicit emotions in the audience. A specific camera angle 
will elicit an emotion. Okay, let's do that camera angle. Specific colors cause an emotion. And when those specific colors are matched with the specific camera angle, which is matched with the specific colors in the scene with specific lighting, then you've got great emotion and it's got nothing to do with the actor. And that way, I think Scorsese is able to cut out the size and the impact an actor has on a film. Of course, he works with great actors, but what what's great about him is that it doesn't really matter who the actor is in those films. He's worked with De Niro, he's worked with DiCaprio, so he's lucky in that sense. But I feel like any actor in any of his movies aren't going to be a detriment to the film because he's able to bring out those emotions, he's able to bring out those raw, real moments without the acting like the acting doesn't need to be superb because he's able to do it with everything else. And so I think that's really smart and that kind of saves your ass as a director and saves your ass as a filmmaker when you know all the other little bits and technicalities and mechanical problems with a film and how you can solve those mechanical problems to cause an emotion, then you don't need the actor to do that. So the actor can be subpar, the actor can be okay because at the end of the day, the actors you're working with, that's just luck. Are they good? Are they bad? It's not really up to you unless you're in a top position in Hollywood. So starting out, I think any filmmaker, if you're able to cause those emotions through the cinematography and through the sound and everything else but the actor, you're saving yourself a lot there. And I think you're simplifying film to its true sense. And that's what makes Scorsese so great. And that's what makes all his movies amazing. And then when you couple that with performances like Leonardo DiCaprio's in Wolf of Wall Street, with performances like Matt Damon's in The Departed, then of course you're going to get great films. But he didn't need those performances for those movies to be good. But when you add them, it makes them even better. And I think that's what makes Scorsese so great as well. And another thing that I think makes Scorsese amazing is the way he's able to personalize every film he makes. Now, what makes me think of Taxi Driver in this situation is that he didn't write Taxi Driver. He was given the script of Taxi Driver and told to direct the film. A lot of times you can watch a movie and you can tell that the script was written by someone else and the director just directed the movie towards the script, right? Whereas with Scorsese, he doesn't have to write the script, but he'll find a way to personalize his movies, and that comes across. You're really watching true artistry, and you're getting true insight into Martin Scorsese's head, and the way he views the world, and the way he views a city, through all of his films, regardless if he wrote it or not. He finds ways to personalize it. It's almost like an actor as a director. Because what an actor has to do is find a way to personalize someone else's lines and someone else's words. And Scorsese does that, but as a director, which I think is really great and and really emotionally intelligent. And he finds ways to, to hide symbolism in his films. He finds ways to get across what he's thinking, the way he views the world. He has something to say, and he gets that across in all of his films, regardless if he wrote the script or not. And I think that's really interesting. And I think that takes a real deep thinker and takes someone who's, I want to say, submerged their life in filmmaking. He submerged his life into storytelling. That's all that matters to him. That's what he lives for. And so he finds ways to tell the stories of others in a personal way. Because if you're going to direct a movie and you can't make it personal, it's clearly not coming from you, the movie's going to fall flat somewhat. Even if you get a great script, the movie might still be good, 
but it's not going to be excellent unless the director can find a way to personalize it. And that's definitely what Scorsese does. And through pure symbolism, through metaphor, through the ways that he allows the movies to breathe in certain ways, the ways he captures cities... It's really insane how he's able to personalize all his movies. And when I first watched watch Taxi Driver, I thought, well, Martin Scorsese had to have written it because to direct a movie like that, which is clearly so personal, you've got to write that yourself, right? That story's got to come from you, but he didn't. And that's insane. It must have been a great partnership with the writer. I don't want to mess up the writer's name here. I think it was Paul Schrader, I think. Don't quote me on that. But the way he worked with Paul to get across Taxi Driver in a personal way was incredible. I think that's also what makes Martin Scorsese so amazing. And another thing is that when you watch a Scorsese movie and when you listen to an interview with Scorsese, when you read books on Scorsese, you can tell he loves movies. He's a movie fan first, right? He's viewing cinema through the lens of a movie fan. And for me, as someone who's a movie buff, but also wants to get into working in the industry as well, that says a lot. And those are my types of directors. Those are my favorite types of filmmakers. The people like uh, Quentin Tarantino, the people like David Fincher, people like James Gunn, people that love film and love cinema. I feel more connected to their movies as well. Cause you can tell that when they're making a movie, they're also thinking, Oh, this will be cool to put in the film. I wanted to see this as an audience member, as a fan of this genre. I want to see this in a film. And I think he gets that across as well, but in a really intelligent way. So he's not just coming at it from this sort of pretentious auteur cinema way. He's able to do that, but he's also a film fan as well and a film nerd and just a geek when it comes to movies. And so I think that comes across in his films as well. And I really love that. Those are my favorite types of filmmakers for sure, because it, it, you know it shows in their movies. You can see when a director loves what they're doing. You can see when a director is just in absolute awe of his own career and it doesn't come across as a job for him. He's not someone who just, you know, directs movies and he's Martin Scorsese. It's like, no, directing, filmmaking and Martin Scorsese go hand in hand. It's like they're merged. In his name, you automatically think filmmaker. He's not a person who makes films. He just is a filmmaker and just loves it. He just lives for it. And that definitely comes across in his movies because no matter what the film is, and that's why I think he's able to have so much range as a director as well, because he just loves cinema. So when he can watch a movie like Jason Bourne and then go, well, I think The Departed came before Jason Bourne. But when you can watch, you know, spy espionage thrillers and stuff and cop thrillers and that type of genre he loved that genre and then he went and made the departed with matt damon and it's like you can see how much love he has for that genre but also how he's able to put his spin on it because he's making a film that he would have wanted to see from that genre himself much like what tarantino does much like what uh, christopher nolan does when those types of directors work within a genre but make a film that they would have wanted to see you can usually count on other people wanting to see that as well. And I think he he really connects with a lot of film fans. And I know myself as a movie buff, I connect with so many Scorsese movies because you can tell he's approaching it from a love of the cinema and as a film fan himself. And to me, that's great. And I just, I love to see that stuff. And uh, another thing which I think really separates Scorsese from everyone else is he has something to say. You know, he's not a director who's just looking to direct a script and make the movie and get it out with a great cast and make money. No, he has things he wants to say. 
And that's what separates a director from an artist, in my opinion. I think you can be a film director and not an artist because, in my opinion, an artist has a strong perspective, strong values, and has something they want to say. That's what separates art from just, you know, your run-of-the-mill stuff. He clearly has something he wants to say. And when you read this book about Scorsese, you gain so much of an insight into how he views the world and what he wants to say. Because as a kid, he wanted to become a priest. He didn't want to be a filmmaker. He didn't want to get married or anything. He wanted to become a priest. He wanted to work within the church. And apparently a lot of his films reflect that. Like I say apparently, you could tell in a lot of his movies the way he links it up with Catholicism, the way he links it up with faith and values and how he sees the world. But there are so many hidden messages in his films and it's so much grounded and so much more grounded in faith than I ever thought. And when you read the book, you hear lines from films that maybe went over your head when you watched it the first time and you go, oh my God, I see that now. And he has something deep and valuable that he wants to say and he lives with such purpose. And I think that's what makes him a great artist as well. He is genuinely strong in his values, strong in his faith and has something he wants to say. I think Every artist needs that. You need to be strong in values. You can't be someone who's just going to go with the tide, someone who's just going to agree with what majority's saying. No, he has his own set of values. He has his own opinions, and he's not afraid to get that across. But the way he gets it across is in his films. He knows he's not, you know, some guy's going to stand up on stage and give speeches. I'm sure he would if he was able to do that. But the way he's able to get across his message is through film. And so he does that. And he really lives out his purpose. He lives out his values. And he lives out his message. And I think that's great. Um, Regardless if you agree with someone's message or not, I think if someone's willing to live that out and give it in the best way possible, in the most uh, thoughtful way possible, the most empathic way possible, that's really great to see. And Martin Scorsese does that for sure. And that makes him a much more better director than so many others out there who just seem to go with the tide and not really have much to say in their films. And, uh, you know, his art is very much a part of him in that way. And that's great. Now, towards this part of the episode, I wanted to get into my five favorite Martin Scorsese movies. Now, they're in, they are in a specific order, I guess. I'm not going to say they're not in a specific order. One to five is probably the way I'd rank them as well. But it depends on the day. And this morning I was writing it down and I was like, oh, maybe this movie's better than this film. I'll change it around. No, I think depending on the day, it'll change. But these the five I'm about to mention are probably the five that will always be in the top five Scorsese movies for me, but the ranking may change on the day. So don't attack me about this ranking, okay? This is just what came out on the page today, and that's that. So number one, we have Cape Fear. To me, that's his best film. Now, a lot of people are going to disagree with me here. A lot of people are going to say, what, how can Cape Fear be his best? It's Goodfellas, or it's The Last Temptation of Christ, or it's, I don't know what they'll say. But to me, Cape Fear is his best. I think it's his most different. I found it so thrilling. To me, it's his most engaging. I thought the tempo was great. I just absolutely love this film. I thought all the actors were incredible. Robert De Niro is so freaky. And I think this movie also affected pop culture in a way that many people don't even realize. I'm sure there are people out there who haven't even watched Cape Fear. I don't know how, but I'm sure there are. 
But when you watch Cape Fear, you go, well, yeah, this is where Sideshow Bob came from. Like the character in The Simpsons, Sideshow Bob, he stems from the character in Cape Fear, Robert De Niro's character. To me, this movie, it affected pop culture. It changed the way people viewed the world. Uh, the tempo was incredible. The performance was insane. He was downright menacing. Robert De Niro was so menacing. And also the camera work was so different. And he wasn't afraid to try things out with this film. He took many risks. There was even, I think, one transition where it's this like weird electric thing that like comes over the screen. And that is so different. That is so crazy and wild. And you'd think it'd look horrible in a film, but it works. And he took... I think the most risks in his career in Cape Fear. To me, that's his best movie possible. I absolutely loved it. But uh, yeah, moving on to number two, we've got Raging Bull. To me, this is the best biopic of all time because it's not trying to show the boxer Jake LaMotta from when he was first born to when he dies like so many other biopics do. This film captured a little moment of his life but that little moment, you gain so much insight into who Jake LaMotta was, into his family dynamic, into his the way he saw the world. You gain so much insight into Jake LaMotta through this like little slither of his life. Not his whole life, but you understand his whole life just from viewing a little moment of time where it was just present in that moment. And to me, it's the best biopic I've ever seen because it's not like all other biopics. It's so different. And it's also not trying to make Jake LaMotta a hero. He's not even like... There's no good guys in any Martin Scorsese movies, but he's not even like the good guy in this film. He's just a guy and the movie's about him and this is the truth of Jake LaMotta. I think it was a very Sorkin-like script, like Aaron Sorkin who wrote The Social Network, Moneyball. The way he does biopics are, are incredible and I think he really showcases the truth of a character and the truth of a real person really well and I think that's what Scorsese did incredibly well in Raging Bull. That movie's insane. It had some great boxing moments. Raging Bull definitely has some of the best boxing sequences ever. It's probably the best boxing movie ever. I know that's hard to say over Rocky, but in my opinion, Raging Bull is the best boxing film of all time. I thought they shot the boxing amazing. It was definitely really cinematic. Overall, just a great film. There were times that you were sad, times you were pumped up full of rage. It really brings out emotions in you. So yeah, Raging Bull would be number two on the best Martin Scorsese movies and the number one biopic and the number one boxing movie of all time. If you haven't seen the movie, check it out. Raging Ball is insane. Moving on to number three, of course, you've got Taxi Driver. Now, depending on the day, Taxi Driver might be number one, might be number three. I don't know. But today it's number three. Taxi Driver is insane. I think everyone's seen that movie. If you haven't, do yourself a favor and watch Taxi Driver. It's got probably the best Robert De Niro performance of all time. It's got probably Scorsese's best, I'd say, lighting of all time. It's got his best symbolism of all time. I think it captures people really well, and I think it's still relevant to today as to where we're at as a society and how loneliness can overtake you, how loneliness can can drown you and change you and mold you into someone who you never thought you could be, in a sense. And Taxi Driver, to me, is is really personal to me. I, I just love that film. It means a lot to me as well. I think watching that movie, I, I don't know, I gained a lot of insight into myself, into others, into the way I see the world. Yeah, Taxi Driver is insane. I absolutely love that movie. Go check it out. 
Number four, this is my favorite childhood Martin Scorsese movie, and it's Hugo. Hugo is so cool because it's so different to all the other Scorsese movies. It's not rough and rugged, although it is sad, although it is very real. It's definitely not, I would say, a happy movie, but it's very fantastical. It's very, you know, extra. It's very like fantasy land, but not overly happy. It's not Disney fantasy. It's like a real grounded, like, Fantasyland, and I thought it was great. I thought Sasha Baron Cohen and Hugo was so good, and that's such a Sasha Baron Cohen performance that never goes talked about. No one talks about Sasha Baron Cohen and Hugo, and he was amazing in that with his dumb leg. He played that dumb character so good, and and the dog, Sasha Baron Cohen's dog in that movie. I just love Hugo. I thought that was such a great film. I thought um, just the pacing of it as well was amazing. The soundtrack was great, and the way it captured like a fantastical uh, version of Paris was really cool, because to me, Paris is my favorite city in the world. I absolutely love Paris, and so the way that Hugo captured Paris was just magnificent, so insane, and it's so fake. Like, it's definitely not what Paris is like, but to me, I love those, like, grounded in real, grounded in reality fantasy movies. To me, those are so cool. Those are the best movies, like, um, about time, movies like... uh, what else am I thinking? Like, that's fantasy-like. The Before Trilogy, that's great as well in that sense of, like, reality, but it's fantasy as well. And Hugo's one of those films. So, yeah, go check out Hugo. That's an insane movie. It's the best childhood Scorsese movie ever, for sure. And number five, maybe this wouldn't crack the top five list every week, but because I watched the movie this week, I saw how good it was. It reminded me how great this film was. The Departed. The Departed is such a good movie. It's a Martin Scorsese movie that I feel like goes much more untalked about. Everyone always talks about Taxi Driver. Everyone always talks about Goodfellas. But people need to talk about The Departed. It has some of the best action sequences. It has some of the most intense, like, nail-biting action sequences where... You have Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio who are both after each other but don't know who each other are, don't know they're after each other, and they're connected in so many ways. It is such a good movie. I think the script is so airtight. I thought it was shot so well. The pacing of The Departed is incredible. It's such an underrated Scorsese movie, so to put it in the top five I think does it justice. And if you haven't seen The Departed, I don't know how, but if you haven't, go out and watch The Departed. You will not be disappointed. It's one of those movies where you can just be in whatever mood that day, you'll put on The Departed and you'll enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting on a plane, you got nothing to watch. If The Departed is on the screen, watch The Departed. If you're bored at home in the afternoon, watch The Departed. You don't know what to watch at night, watch The Departed. It's one of those movies where... It's so rewatchable. You can watch it over and over again. You've got a great Jack Nicholson, a great Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's so thrilling. It's so entertaining. Great action sequences. It's just great. You've also got Martin Sheen. How can I forget Martin Sheen's in that movie? So yeah, go and watch The Departed at any time, any day, any place, and it will be just as enjoyable as the first time you watched it. So yeah, definitely an underrated Martin Scorsese movie, and everyone needs to watch The Departed at least once in their life. To me, it's insane. And that's what's making me think, actually. To end this episode, I wanted to talk about Martin Scorsese's work rate, because going over his top five films, going over all of his filmography, 
He's put out so many movies and he's nowhere near done. And his work rate is insane. Like, you at most get a five-year gap between movies. That's not that long for a director, especially of his stature, especially of his age. A director like Martin Scorsese doesn't need to be doing a movie every two, three years. He doesn't need to be, but he is. He loves it. He lives for it. Think about, you had, what, Silence in 2016, uh, Wolf of Wall Street 2014, um, and then after Silence, you had The Irishman 2019. Now you've got Killers of the Flower Moon 2023. His work rate is insane. He's just constantly putting out great project after great project to such a high standard, to such a high quality Like, it's insane. I don't know how he keeps up that work rate. He's working harder than most people, and he's 80 years old. It is absolutely insane. So, for sheer factor of work rate, amount of high-quality projects, um, the complete range of all his projects, how personal they are, how symbolic they are, how he's able to step into any genre and make it his own... He's just great. He's built such a great team with people like Robert De Niro, with people like DiCaprio and those actors of that standard. He's just such a great director. And I think if he's not number one on your list, I don't know what you're watching because to me, Scorsese has to go down as the GOAT just through pure work rate, pure range alone. He's just fantastic. So I hope you guys like this video. not video, sorry. I'm so used to making YouTube videos. I hope you guys like this podcast. I hope you guys like this episode. Let me know your thoughts on Martin Scorsese. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. Um, I hope you guys liked it. And I'll be back with interviews in about two weeks' time. So there's one more episode where it's just going to be me talking to you guys. And then we'll get back into the whole interview thing later. But yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you guys liked it. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day.